Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Does that sound like I rehearsed it at all? Yeah. It's just totally organic off the top of your head. I feel like the first time, like, man, I've listened to the first episodes, and they're suspect. Like, I've listened back <laughs> to them, and I'm like, ugh. We got Brian Peltz in the house. What's going on, Brian? Oh, just... You know, living the dream. <laughs> we've been, man, I've been wanting, I've talked to you at several things that we've met up at that you've, we've like a cross paths at, and I'm like, I got to get you on the show. I'm going to get you on the show. I think the last thing was the the jingle thing that they're, or it was like yeah, the holiday like, Yeah, yeah like the holiday preview that they did they yeah. did here at the tower. And so I was like, oh man, I got to get you on. And so I was like, finally, like we just need to lock it down, dude. So I uh, appreciate you coming through, man. Yeah, appreciate appreciate you having me. Yeah. My my second podcast ever, so you know hey. I'm I'm still fresh in Momentous. this market. <laughs> I still have stories. He's an untapped resource. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, well, we had talked about. Um, it's just funny whenever I have people on, and I'm like, man, like everyone knows everyone I know, and so we were just talking about uh, trivia at the Paramount that you started hosting with Sean Peel. Sean Peel, I just had on not that long ago from VHS and Chill. Uh, but you guys are hosting trivia up there now, right? Uh, two two mu- two days out of the month. Yeah, we do uh, film trivia. It's all film trivia because film row, duh. Uh, and it's the second and fourth Tuesday of every month from seven to nine ish. It just sort of it varies on you know how much Sean and I distract each other, cracking jokes, right. <laughs> riffing off each other. Yeah, because because we don't alternate by question, we alternate by round. So we'll each read the questions that we wrote. And so they'll so one of us is reading an entire round, and the other one of us is just sitting there with a microphone and bad intentions. Oh yeah, he's doing your. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like one of the hype guys from the, like the, the late night shows. Um, I can't think. I could think. I could see people's faces, but I can't think of it. Higgins, you're like one's the Higgins and one's the Jimmy Fallon. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's funny. Uh, what's what can people kind of expect? Like, what are the kind of rounds and stuff like that? We we try to switch it up and oh, nice. and we've really we've really made an effort because you know you know Sean and you know me and so you know that uh, our tastes can be kind of eclectic <laughs> and they're kind of a all, wide variety. Yes, they're kind of all over the place. We did uh, sort of a special Halloweenish uh, edition uh, last night as we're taping this. Um, it was five rounds, all spooky, all spooky questions. And so each round we do 10 questions and a bonus question. And the first two, two or three rounds, the bonus question was like 
an obscure Italian horror movie. And it's like, sorry, you have to earn these ten these extra ten points. Yeah, these so are it's freebies. Like, yeah, no. So it's like, uh, yeah, I asked about uh, uh, zombie or zombie two. Oh, with like the Z O M B I. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, and then and then just because it was, you know, it's my thing, and I can do whatever I want, and they just have to enjoy it and drink their booze. Um, I then launched into the whole explanation of how it was marketed as a sequel to Night of the Living Dead in Europe because of hinky uh, rights uh, rights issues because Night of the Living Dead was marketed in Europe as zombies, Z-O-M-B-I. And so whoever owned the rights just basically went to Fulci and is like, hey, make a zombie movie. And so... Oh, that's great. They like capitalized on it. Yeah, and so they were able... I don't know how they were able... Uh, I mean, the 70s must have been an incredible time, but uh, they <laughs> they were able to market it in Europe as a direct sequel to a movie that it had no connection to whatsoever. Man, that shit's crazy with like the, you get into the rights and stuff like that, like ship la- shit that lapses or people, stuff that people don't think about. Like, it's just like super interesting to me. Yeah. And it's also funny with trivia when people bitch about the, the questions being too hard. I'm like, it's fucking trivia. Yeah. It's uh, like, what did you expect? Yeah, <laughs> like, but I've really like little kid shit. Yeah, I, I, d- I don't want to say I've I've made a conscious effort to dumb it down, but I've tried to make it a bit more current because right. like, look, I'm, I'm 46, man. And so when it's the day of and I still have to finish my questions, I'm just going to reach back to like, you know, that <laughs> shit that's in my heart. Right. And the shit at the depths. It, exactly. And that's how you end up with like a bunch of Smokey and the Bandit and Star Wars <laughs> and Jaws questions. God. It's a potpourri. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've been I've been slowly branching out into like the nineties and early aughts. Right. And I'm like, uh, we actually came up came up with a new catchphrase last night because a couple of times I gave him like a really easy question. And then I was just like, Am I not merciful? Because <laughs> you're yeah, like yeah. Difficulty game bit. Film row trivia. Am I not merciful? We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get t-shirts. That's awesome. Well, it's just like funny. I mean, I love trivia so much because it's like, I don't know. It's cool when when you meet people that think about details about stuff the same way that you think about it. Because sometimes you feel like there's no way anyone got into the minutia of this thing the way that I did. And then when you notice that other people have, or you met other people that do, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, like. I'm not a fucking weirdo. Well, I am, but at least no. someone else is as weird as I am. I have a tribe of fucking weirdos. <laughs> my my big thing is when I see something, and it used to be if I saw something and I really liked it or whatever, then I would want to know everything that I could about it. But I kind of find now that like, even if I hate something, I want to know like what what were you thinking? <laughs> Let me hate learn about so, this. So <laughs> so like the so like. That AMC uh, A-list uh, free plug, but that's like the greatest, like, like that's my crack. So I will just, I because I'll go see movies that I'm on the fence about. Or, if they included, or, you're like, yeah, well, might as well. Yeah, or, or I just straight out had no interest in seeing, but it's like I have, it's like, well, I got two hours to kill. This is the only movie that fits in that hole. Let's watch it. And <laughs> sometimes I've ended up seeing stuff that, that I've like really liked that I might not have seen otherwise. And sometimes I've seen stuff that, like, yeah, I was right about that. Yeah, I really nailed it. I'm glad this was uh, included in my thing. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really glad that this is functionally free. 
<laughs> but uh, but so I will see I will go see a movie and then I go home and I immediately go to the wiki. Oh my god, I'm guilty and of that. I just you know, and then off of that I'll branch out. And there's two or three sites that like you know review sites. Like I don't go down the rabbit hole too much, but I'm like, all right, I know way too much about way too many things, which is kind <laughs> of it's paid off now. But uh, here we are. <laughs> no, I used to love that. Just like chasing that stuff too you're like oh my god this correlation with this thing that i would have never found unless i'd been like researching this yeah i love like, that yeah or i love when i watch or when i watch an, a movie that i've seen like maybe like five or ten years ago and you're like oh my god that person's in this like that's great like this was like must have been one of their first things like i didn't know they were in this yeah i, so am, I love shit like that yeah i am i am a firm believer i i am i i stand for the that guy so yeah, I, I love seeing something and it's like, Did I? and then you go look it up. It's like, Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> it's that guy from that other thing. That guy from that thing. Yeah. That's uh there. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's an actor uh, originally from Norman named Dean Cameron. He uh, was in ski school one and two, and he was in summer school with Mark Harmon. And uh, when he started his website in like the late nineties, early 2000s or whatever he just called it hey you're that guy oh my god because because <laughs> and he, that's called knowing your lane oh oh yeah he like he's 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 very much that guy so i uh it's like it is my goal with what little influence i have with dead center um which is none to speak of except for the week of when you need to come pick up pick up your pass i'm your god but the rest of the time i'm just some guy but my whole thing is we got to get Dean Cameron an Oklahoma icon. Hey. We yeah, we that need seems to get pretty doable to be honest with you. I I you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just I just have to get the uh the staff to actually know who Dean Cameron right. is. <laughs> I've brought it up before and it's like I'm just going to have to just clockwork uh, clockwork orange you to some chairs <laughs> and just make you watch Ski School 1 and 2 in a row the way God intended. That's amazing. That's too funny, man. I think it's due. I think you could pull it off. Yeah. It's I mean, we're going to run out of people eventually. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say we've, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. We've already done Cyclops. So, you know. Oklahoma's own James Marsden. Hell yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> um well one of the you know, I mentioned earlier like running into you at different events and what and whatnot. Um we're both something of local gadabouts, I guess. Mm hmm But uh I ran into you at something. It was one of the anime movies we did up here. Was it Akira? It actually, you remember which one it was? Actually, I missed that one. It may have been Interstellar. It, yeah. Yeah, the Daft Punk movie. Because, yeah, because I think that's the one where I like specifically sought you out. Yeah. And was like, thank you for this because <laughs> I love that movie. I just, I love Daft Punk and I love, like, I think I'm one of the few people who has seen and loves Electroma. They're like, oh, the other one, right? Yeah, yeah, the other one, like the live action one that they actually produced and, and someone directed. Someone brought it up at the little thing we did after the little panel. Someone asked about it. I was like, dude, I did well to even know about this. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the funny thing about when you're on the stage with a mic, people assume you're an expert, and I'm like, dude, I am not an expert on this. Like, I hardly even knew that this was a movie. Like, I'd seen clips of it on Toonami. Mm-hmm before we showed it and I talked to Steven about it cause he wanted to do a, uh, it was the whole theme of the month was like music, like some tie with music. Yeah. We'd shown like that thing you do and yellow submarine. 
And I was like, man, what's like an animation movie? Like I was trying to think. And Mike Allen or Daniel Bo Kemper, one of my buddies, I can't remember who it was now, was like, have you, what about this movie? It's like Daft Punk's Discovery all set to animation. I was like, what the fuck? And it like was one of those things where it was like, was like triggered synapses into my brain to fire. And I was like, oh, I remember like vaguely seeing this on Toonami mm-hmm. for like a second. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they used those for the music videos. Yeah. So whenever they would release one of the singles off Discovery, they had the video ready to exactly. go. So it's. Uh, and I had no idea because it was like, I thought it was just like these self-contained things. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, my God. And Steven's a huge Daft Punk fan. And so he was like, how the fuck did I not even know about this? And so he was like super jazzed to like get it. And they had just gotten their new Christie system in there. And it was like, that shit was, I couldn't have, we couldn't have gotten a better system to even listen to that on. Yeah, no. That, that was, shit was banging. That was a good time. That, 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 that wasn't indeed a party. But uh, yeah, was funny, I was, uh, yeah, I was very excited to, uh, to, to get to see that. Yeah, it was just like this funny like random bits of happenstance that were like oh yeah let's do this daft punk movie (laughs) like it was funny man and i remember i do remember talking to you that night and it was just like cool i think that was the first night where i was like man i gotta get him on the show because it seemed like there was a lot of crossover with stuff that we like and you'd mentioned that growing up you'd you know you'd been into stuff like robotech and and speed racer which man i don't know if you've tried to rewatch speed racer as an like now and it's it's rough like i was i've been trying to rewatch it because uh several people i've talked to have talked about it's it influence was, and whatnot, but it's rough to dude, watch. Dude, it it was it was rough at the time, but you know, <laughs> like, look, we had four channels. You had to get up to change the TV. It was you 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 just rolled those dice. Yeah. Know? Well, the color. I mean, I remember the colors being so like vibrant and like the the color palette they use on that. Like lots of primary stuff and like oh, yeah. being super it's, bright. Oh and yeah, stuff. it 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 you know yeah it it popped and it's just I mean it's iconic, but it's icon. It it's it's that sort of like. We love this, but it's so bad. Yeah, it's like, it's because of the nostalgia factor, you know? It's like, this is not objectively good. This is good because I remember it and liken it to a time in my life, like, because of that. Yeah, it's... This thing sticks out to me, not because of its objective goodness. Yeah, like, yeah, like Speed Racer, I don't remember watching it when I was, like, a kid, um... That was more like in the early 90s when it kind of had its revival, like uh, MTV started oh, yeah. showing episodes. Right on. There was this magical time with MTV where they were like, we only have so many videos. We just, so they, anything they could get their hands on for like the rights. So we will show anything. Yeah. So, so they'd show like Speed Racer and the monkeys and just, oh, yeah. they're just throwing that. anything they can get their hands on at the screen. And I applaud that, uh, that just sort of. Let's try this. <laughs> they'd shown some off the wall shit. Like they'd, um, I, people I've had on before. I know I, it sticks out to me. Adam and Brett from Robot House specifically had mentioned Liquid Television and like, oh man, Aeon Flux and, um, stuff like, uh, Speed Racer. Like them showing just like off the wall type of, or no, it wasn't Aeon Flux, was it? It was, um, oh, yeah, it was. Oh, no, it so, was. so, you know, we can, we can talk. Liquid Television. We we can get it. Liquid Television was a capital M moment. That that was like, you know, I think they had had enough success with like Speed Racer and like all this other like old animation that they're like uh, this could play. And so 
you know, everybody remembers Aeon Flux because it got spun off into its own thing. And yeah. of course, everybody remembers Beavis and Butthead. It got spun off into its own thing. But like they all started just as shorts. On the and, block. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was like, it was like so random. Just the different types of animation. So you would have like computer stuff. You'd have like hand-drawn stuff like Beavis and Butthead. It was, uh, they'd have... A lot of George Plimpton animations, just these surreal things. And it's like, wow, this is like really cool. But, you know, really, I think that kind of opened the door for kind of like mainstreaming that sort of like, you know, um, alternative types of animation, you know, not like your Hanna-Barbera. It's like and, your precursor and, and to and Adult Swim type of thing. Pretty much, yeah. You know, like, like I think because, you know, Cartoon Network was like the same way. It started and it was just, well, we have the rights to all the Hanna-Barbera shit. Yeah, because they bought Turner or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, it just sort of, you know, some someone just sort of, you know, hey, let's let's try this. And that was the point, like I was, like, like we talked about earlier, you know, I've been watching anime for most of my life but it wasn't until like you know the 90s when like the big wave hit that it's like oh that's what that was that's right you know i just thought it was like a really weird cartoon but it was like <laughs> it's from a whole other world and, and all that stuff but you know yeah, yeah yeah but like once akira and ghost in the shell and then you know once they started putting like gundam wing and dbz and it's like all right cool this is i this is my thing i like this thing now yeah, that was, I mean, I actually didn't even really remember Liquid Television. I was talking to Adam about it, and I was just like, man, I don't think I remember that. But I do remember Aeon Flux. Like, I don't remember that specific block. But there are a lot of things that are precursors to, like, you know, maybe if this thing doesn't happen, Adult Swim doesn't happen. Or, you know, the next big wave of, like, quote, adult animation doesn't happen because of these things, like, monumental, you know, being being able to show people that there is actually a market for that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think MTV really kind of because you know, it sort of became what it became, but for a while there, you know, I like it was still being revolutionary, but it was like in a different way cuz when they started it was just revolutionary like, oh, music videos, what the hell. Um, but they they really went out on a limb with with their animation stuff and you know, like they went out and they developed um, you know, animated series based on like some some dark, gritty, like, you know, indie comics, you know, the Max and the Head. And so, you know, I think people that that stuff kind of got forgotten o- over the years, but like those were some really trippy things. And that just sort of, you know, I think it sort of conditioned the uh, the audience to just sort of trying different things. And so, you know, that sort of, I kind of, you know, it sort of opened the door, I think, for a lot of people, you know, made the concept of anime a bit more pa- a bit more palatable. Like, all right, I'll take a flyer on this. Well, yeah, you're getting your peas in with the mashed potatoes, like getting it little by little. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's kind of like you, men- I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard of it put a better way than what you mentioned earlier. It was like, I've been watching anime. I just didn't know what it was. Like, that is so perfect. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, just like it, it's always been there, but it, it just like it didn't get branded. Until, yeah. until 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 like the nineties, until that that whole that whole revolutionary wave came out. Yeah, I think you just you hit it, um, you know, on the head with it. Like it, it was like a, a very much a turning point. And I remembered we talked about this. I think maybe on the Akira panel, it's come up before that 
Akira actually premiered in the United States the same year as The Simpsons debuted. And so it was like this one-two punch of like, oh, well, this isn't the thing that's necessarily just for kids anymore. Yeah. And so it was just like, oh, wow. And then, of course, Akira ends up paving the way for Mega Studios to be able to get into the juggernaut it became. And then the very next thing it licensed was Ghost in the Shell, as you mentioned earlier. And then those two things, like off the back of those video VHS cells and like everything, like the popularity of it, off the back of that, it's like, man, in America was like, shit, let's like license whatever we can to get it over here. And, you know, you start seeing the groundwork being laid for things like Toonami and then like that huge renaissance of like things like uh, uh, Speed Racer or Robotech, like the things you're talking about, because those were resyndicated back uh thundercats that was mm -hmm. a big one oh, yeah. resyndicated back on the toonami and so it's just like you see this whole renaissance of these shows that maybe people had forgotten about or were kind of displaced because they don't really fit into a certain category but they were all kind of like you know aggregated and put onto this block that was like you know in, in itself revolutionary whenever that dropped that was just like that was such an amazing time like when the whole anime explosion happened like one of my favorite things to do would be like go to the mall and go to, uh, and Google warning kids, you're, you're going to have to look this up, uh, but go to Suncoast Movie Company. <laughs> Rest in peace, Suncoast. Oh man, pour, pour some out for the homies. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, kids, it was like uh, vintage stock, <laughs> only it was all new and somehow not as marked up. And you would never know what the fuck you're going to see. Yeah. Like anime, the anime section was just like, the Wild West. It was, and that was, like, was, I made a beeline for the anime yeah. section, and it's like, you know, what have we got? And I'm reading the backs of, of packaging, and I'm like, oh, this seems amazing. And if I had had the money at the time, whole, I just would have bought everything out of there. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, and now it's like, well, now I, I, you know, I can afford, but I don't have time to sit and watch a, an entire thing. The and paradox, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we've kind of talked about this before where I, like, I'm not as deep in my fandom. Like, I miss a, I miss a lot of stuff. Um, I have to catch it on, like, the second or third or fourth time around or, like, you know. Um, but even the stuff that I am a fan of and that I have seen, that it's so sprawling that I haven't even seen, seen all of it. Like, you know, I think I've seen maybe half of the original Dragon Ball series. I've seen all, all of, of, uh, of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I completely took a neon Kai. I took one look at that and it was like, nope. <laughs> it was just a rehash of Z basically. It was, yeah. It was like, what if we did Z again, but Goku is a little baby. <laughs> but, oh, you're talking uh, about GT? Oh, GT. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, it's, it's, I'm old. No, yeah. Well, no, GT yeah, is. Yeah, GT is. GT has erased itself from e my on. mind. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, Kai was great because it's like, oh, dude, it's like Dragon Ball Z, but without. Exactly. With, without, like, you know, the, the 38 minutes from every episode of just uh, Meanwhile. I know. Or fucking powering up for yeah. 10 episodes. <laughs> I think they condensed that whole, like, trip dynamic into, like, a few episodes, too. And it's just like, fuck you. Thank you for it. Yeah, cutting out like, all those goddamn fillers. The same thing happened just multiple times, and it's like yeah. this. This really <laughs> only needs to happen one time. Let's pick the <laughs> let's pick the best version of this, show it, and let's just get to the part where we're kicking Freeze's ass. <laughs> but uh, have you seen? There's this YouTube channel, Team Four Star. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dragon Ball Z abridged. Yeah, the Deep Z abridged. <laughs> oh my god. I actually showed that to 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 a friend the other day. I just had him watch the Sinzu Beans supercut. And oh he's yeah, like, he's just, he's just so <laughs> into it. 
They, uh, man, they, they kill me with the shit that they do on there, like the, the Krillin getting owned meter. God, it's so funny. It's so uncalled for and so cruel, but so true. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's like every once in a while, you just want to go back to, uh, to Dragon Ball and it's like, hey, remember when Krillin was kind of a thing? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I mean, it's just like a different tone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even the style is like a lot different. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, especially it was for, like a lot more sort of like yeah. like it, it, it's like it's a lot more rough. It's kind of like we were saying before we, we started recording this about how you know like Speed Racer, you go back and revisit it, and that is rough. I but, know. You know, the yeah, animation is like them putting them one side to the other, one side to the other, and yeah. it's like, dang, what are they just like flipping this horizontal? Like, and it's like not actual animation. Yeah, like <laughs> like like why draw all of it when you can just draw it once and just flip it. <laughs> You know, that's just working smarter, not harder. But uh, really, out of, like, all the Dragon Ball characters, um, like, my heart breaks for Gohan. Oh, man. Like, the... Get a just, good dad and Piccolo. I, I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah the whole Gohan's daddy issues thing is one of my favorite running jokes in Dragon Ball Abridged. Um, but just, you know, the way they're powering him up, and then you get to the end of the Cell Saga, and you're like, uh, oh, all right, he, he's going to be the dude. He's like the most powerful fighter and blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, yeah, but we like Goku better. Yeah, let's just have him go to <laughs> and school. Then, yeah, and, fuck and off. then they just, which, I mean, I have a special place in, in, in my heart for, for, for the great Saiyan man. You know, I thought it was like a Oof. fun little diversion. It was, I just, I enjoy any time an anime series does like a sailor moon parody it was know, i mean yeah just, it's like yeah it's wheel, the same wheelhouse for sure yeah just like oh, and you get strokes of the ginyu force in that too mm-hmm. like it's very reminiscent of that yeah it was i mean it was just i mean coming off the sale games you're like okay this is like a nice refreshing little palate cleanser and then we'll just jump right and right back into the next incredible mo- unstoppable monster that's yeah. just going to devour everything who's the next yeah. Most powerful villain in the universe somehow every time. Yeah, which I'm like, yeah, you know, bring Goku back and let Goku keep being the guy. But Gohan can still be strong and useful. But they were like, no, no, we got to teach the kids that, you know, you can only be strong or you can be smart. You can't, <laughs> you can't get both. Yeah, no, it's a really good message for the kids. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, if you want to read books, you're just going to get your ass kicked all the time. And it's yeah, like, and that was like this whole thing. It was like studious. I'm like, yeah. come on, dude, like. Let's let's flip that on its head. Mm-hmm. At least yeah, let and this then, guy be the guy for once. Exactly, and it's and 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 plus, why is he studious? Be, because of Chi Chi. His mom's on like, his ass. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, sure. You know, his 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 mom ruined him. That's 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 just healthy. That's nice. I'm really unpeeling an onion that I hadn't really considered. Yeah, that, like as you're talking about it. Wow, Dragon Ball Z is not How woke. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Just, just don't look at Mr. Popo. Just don't look at Popo. Oh, Jesus. That's <laughs> fucked up, yeah. yeah. Someone thought that was a good idea. Well, they were not thinking, were they? No, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God bless them. But, yeah, my favorite uh, shows tend to be shorter ones. Just, like, even when I had time, like, you know, that's what I loved about Cowboy Bebop. It's like, we're in, we're out, I'm crying. Yeah, perfectly encapsulated. 26 episodes, I think it is. Yeah. Just, Same with, yeah. like, uh, did you ever watch Outlaw Star by chance? Yes. Actually, yeah. It's That's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, basically anything that would get 
one of the Toonami slots during those few years. Oh, okay, like cool. my best friend and I were just ravenously devouring it. And then once we got tired of like one episode a night, this is bullshit. And then we'd go out and get the box set and just plow through it. Oh, that's the move. I just bought a, um, a buddy of mine sent me this thing. It was like, oh man, I can't, my anime, something or another, some obscure like anime hub. But anyway, they had like this badass Outlaw Star box set that had like this art, cool art book and like all the Blu-rays and everything. Nice. And it was normally like, uh, I think it was like normally $120, but they had it on sale for $40. I mean, I like, that's I've just, got to get this. It's offensive if you don't buy it. At I know. That I point. was like, this is the move. Like, and so I had to snatch that bitch up for sure. And I just like burned through all those episodes. Yeah, no. I love that show. It's, yeah, it's, it's my favorite yeah, show. Yeah, I loved it. It's I like low key. I, I it's one of those. It's one of those underrated ones because oh, it's like one hundred percent. You know, it, I I think it kind of got especially in America. It it kind of got sort of lost in the in the shuffle because I think they were kind of pushing it here the same time. That they they were pushing Trigun, yeah, and, and so it's like too. so it's, it's like which which anime yeah. with the dude with the cool gun is this? <laughs> so and it was a little adjacent to uh, Bebop as well, um, you know, with the whole space bounty thing. But it was just like I mean, it was a different enough take. But I do, if I remember right, I don't think they ever finished their full run on Toonami. I don't think I think it got either pulled or they just never. Something yeah. happened to where it didn't show the entire yeah. show. Yeah, I th- yeah. Now that you mentioned, I think that's why we just was like, "All right, let's go have these on a box yeah. set." Because we're like, "What happened?" There's a lot of these that we, you know, had caught on tsunami, and then people forget about. And then when you bring it up, people are like, "Oh my god, I did love that." The Big O is like that. The Big O is one of my favorite shows of all time. The first season of. The Big O was like oh yeah they shit the bed so in the second season amazing yeah well that's because the first season was like you know the original planners right, in right. Japan and like yeah we're doing this cool thing and the second season was it had been canceled in Japan but we loved that shit and Cartoon Network is like someone make some episodes and God. yeah no it's fucking just, with something that's like people just running shit into the ground I you know I enjoy. Things having a long run, and I like sequels, but, but sometimes, sometimes you told your story, and even if the end's not conclusive, like the end of the first season of Big O, you know, it's, he's, you know, he, he's in the mega dudes, he's got the arm in the sling, he's got Dorothy sitting on his lap, right. which was oddly erotic, <laughs> and he's just clomp into battle with like the three other Megaduces emerging from the ocean, and then, then that's it, the fucking se- the series is over, and it's like, I was cool with that. And then when they announced there was a sequel you know, or like a second season, I was like, oh, cool. And yet, oh, no, it's, you know, it's okay to leave things open-ended to, you know, to just say, this is the story and now the story is over and let's go, let's go hear other stories. Well, Matrix yeah, is kind of the same with that. me. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's like if they had never tried to stretch it into a trilogy. I, you know, I mean, Matrix still is when like when they when they re-released it. I went and saw it that, this me, year. Me too. It I went and saw it at up. AMC. I was like, yeah, exactly. This I'm shit like, still looks good. That bullet time still slaps. Hell yeah! I did not expect that to still look that good. We, but uh, you know, cleaned it up for IMAX, and it was it like, was amazing. and I was looking for it. Where'd to you watch like, it at? Um, Quail. 
Me too. I, yeah, yeah. I did. At IMAX. the Big Bitch Theater? Yeah, oh yeah. Dude, that's where I went. I went yeah. on the Saturday that they showed it. Yeah. I My would, buddy went Friday with his girlfriend and again with me on Saturday. I was I was like, look, if we're doing this, because, you know, Oklahoma, we didn't have IMAX in the original run. So it's like if you're re-releasing it into theaters, I've seen it in like a normal theater already. Right. If, if I'm going if I'm going to go see this thing again, I'm going to go. go big. Yeah, I, I got to go. Like I just bought my Star Wars tickets, and I'm like yeah. Dolby one night, IMAX the the, the next, <laughs> and then I think I saw that you bought tickets for two showings. Yeah, it's well. So with Star Wars, uh, me and my little sister, because my birthday is December second, her birthday is Christmas, oh, and God. so when they you know started making this you know the the the, the Disney Star Wars, and they just started releasing them in December, you know it's always like sort of smack in between our birthdays and so it's just sort of become our tradi- our yearly tradition we yeah. we go see the new star wars because she loves star wars and that she got she got that from like me and and dad and uh my younger brother my baby sister they appreciate the the family's connection to star wars but they're like yeah they're out there it's like not their thing yeah it's not their thing which you know that's that's fine because I only, I only had to get two tickets instead of four. Right. So, so, <laughs> Saved you some money. Yeah, I was cool with that. But, you know, especially now since since Dad's gone and since he since he died on Christmas, like died on her birthday. So it's like, uh, you know, like, all right, let's, let's go one more time. Let's let's go watch one more of these things and then just sort of <laughs> let it go. I feel like, yeah, we just got ours too. I was going to tell you about The Matrix. That was the first rated R movie I ever saw in theaters. Oh, now you're a you man. I was like, it came out in 99, so I would have been eight years old. I was born in 91. So I was eight when I went and saw my first rated R movie in theaters. It was The Matrix. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> I, I cannot remember what my first R-rated movie in the theater was because I had some deliciously irresponsible adults in my life. And plus it was, you know, when I was a little kid, it was the 70s. And it was like a whole other thing. Jaws was rated... Rating was all crazy, yeah. Jaws was rated PG. That's fucking bananas. Because they were like, well, this is either PG or it's R, and Universal was like, this is not an R-rated movie. We spent a lot of money on this. We want the most people to be able to come see this. And so what they used to do, and like, if you look at a Jaws poster, like, you know, a theatrical reprint, and you look at the bottom, like where the rating is, like it says, you know, it has a little PG, parental guidance and everything, but then underneath it it says maybe too intense for younger children and two is like all caps wow. they're they're like they're <laughs> Don't like bring your kids they're like becky becky look at me a kid gets eaten by a shark <laughs> all right uh, just a smile and happy kid about your own kid's age so think this through but uh man that's wild yeah i do i uh just like read about and like see, saw things about like how the rating systems kind of like progress and the like that show would not have been PG now I don't think the oh no it would have been PG thirteen so the <laughs> so the very the very first PG thirteen film um, I believe was the original Red Dawn and that came out like really? yeah oh. that that and that that was released like shortly after I had turned thirteen so I was like yes this is in my wheelhouse yes I get to I. I get to go see Patrick Swayze fight some Ruskies. I was gonna say, is it Patrick Swayze in the original? I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like 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 basically There's a lot of people, right? Yeah, it was ba- basically the entire 
most of the Brat Pack was in that. Like, what became the Brat Pack? Because they were they'd all they were all still kind of doing separate things at the time. And Red Dawn was like really one of the first ones that sort of brought a lot of like that generation together. That you know became the Brat Pack. And then once you know they started like throwing in like Molly Ringwald and, and all of them. But it was yeah, like that was it was like a really weird seminal sort of thing. You know, like it's the first PG thirteen. Because um, it came out the year after uh, Indiana Jones and, and the uh, Temple of Doom, which that is the movie that they were like, okay, we need something in between. <laughs> We've got to change the shit up. Steven Spielberg apparently just keeps pushing the um, kept pushing the <laughs> envelope of PG, just daring them, and it's like, oh, oh, you'll let me have a shark eat, eat a little kid? Well, how about eating chilled monkey brains? Jesus, how about how about how about like entire sequences of forced child labor? How about that? You like that? <laughs> hey, you can't you can't you know. ever figure out where the line is if you don't keep pushing it. Exactly, you know, it's like someone has to draw the line so that you know <laughs> where it is. And Steven Spielberg is like, I'm that dude. I'm that boy. Yes, it's like you know he he would just alternate. It's like oh, such a wholesome family feature, and oh my god, it's <laughs> Steven Spielberg invented torture porn. Get you a guy that can do both. That's what I say. <laughs> it's, it's it's like if Eli Roth just busted out like a like a family film or a rom com <laughs> one day, and you were just like, where did this come from? That you would be. I would be on edge the whole time, like a bunch of like, yeah, no, is this exactly, turn? <laughs> exactly, like an Eli Roth romantic comedy. I'm like, all right, mm, I don't when know. does the when when does the deluxe hunting agency show up? <laughs> um, well, I talked to you earlier about kind of the through line of the show being, you know, the thing with my experience with watching anime is definitely like one of those things of like you're not the cool kid, quote unquote, if you're watching that. Somehow oh, yeah. everybody watched it though and didn't talk about it. I'm like, okay. But it feels like that way with music sometimes where if you talk, if you listen to like a certain band or if you listen to stuff that's like not quote unquote the status quo, you're, people are like, what the fuck are you listening to? Oh, so that's kind of yeah. like the, the through line of the show is like talking about how interesting is that, that that's how that was, but how accepted a lot of these things are now. And so I was going to, I was really interested in like, you, you know, we grew up at different times, so it was like, Want to talk to you about maybe bands that stuck out to you at an early age, or like things that you remember from your childhood listening to, like that have maybe stuck out to you since you know all evidence to the contrary that you shouldn't really care about that, but <laughs> you hear it and you're like, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that. So I I was born in like late '72, so I grew up in the '70s and '80s, and so that's that's new wave. That's that's like new wave is happening. I'm oblivious to 90% of this because I was like, I was always like the dorky little, little pop kid, but I was very fortunate. I, I have always had friends who are cooler than me. <laughs> That's the move that like, like yeah, that is the move. And so I, especially considering I grew up prior Creek, Oklahoma, this tiny little town, about 45 miles Northeast of, of Tulsa. And yet somehow I like me and my little group, me and my little group of friends, you know, we were like just sort of like the weird, you know, creative arts, you know, artists, like whatever. Like, you know, like we played sports and we were jocks and everything. Like we were we were multifaceted, I believe is the term. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were like, you know, we're like we're into some weird stuff. And so um, I had friends like there's one in particular 
um, because the other day was the 30th anniversary of Pretty Hate Machine. So the first time I heard Pretty Hate Machine was, I think, my junior year in high school. So it was probably shortly after it first came out. Um, but one of my cool friends was on the track team, and we were in Stillwater for a uh, for for a track meet. And so track meets, we would always bring a, someone would bring their boombox, and then everyone would bring their tapes. We all somehow forgot to bring our tapes, so the only tapes we had for like this. 16 hour day at the track was uh two live crews banned in the usa wow <laughs> and pretty hate machine so we gave banned in the usa like one listen all the way through you know front and back and we were like yeah it's not as good as nasty as they want to be <laughs> and so we pop in pretty hate machine and we just proceed to listen to that like all day like to the point where we kind of hated it by the end <laughs> Because I love like I love Nine Inch Nails now, and shortly after I loved Nine Inch Nails. But at the time, like twelve hours straight, that that's a bit much. So <laughs> what the fuck? That is like we all went to bed that night, and we rain, rain, go, and just drain, just droning in our heads. Um, so you know, we kind of took a break from it and let it breathe, <laughs> and came back, and it's like you know, this this slaps. This is pretty good. Who would have known that that would be? That Trent Reznor would become who he became. You know, at that time, it's like, oh, man, that's so crazy. I can't imagine being, you know, able to remember when an album like that came out and the reception, how it was at the time versus how we look back at it. You know what I mean? There there are moments as you go through life that is kind of like that, where it's like, if I could go back and tell however year old me this thing it would blow their fucking mind and you know that is like if i could just go back and just show like like junior year in high school me the day after the osu track meet and just show him the picture of like trent Reznor with like a fucking oscar <laughs> it's, it's like crazy it's like this is gonna happen <laughs> this is only like the sixth weirdest thing that's going to happen this year <laughs> No, man, yeah, it's it's a trip for sure. I mean, it's, like, interesting to look back. And, of course, now it's, like, we have, like, the hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But mm -hmm. it's funny, like, when you don't know how, like, what you're in at the moment. And then years later, you're like, fuck. Like, that was a huge thing that I didn't even realize was happening around me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you never know what's going to really be the meaningful yeah. thing down the line. And so... That's really, you know, that's sort of like the lesson, the trick that you learn is like you just have to soak in and appreciate everything like, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from, from now, like this may be the thing. So, you know, I don't want to look back and it's like, oh, I just kind of half-assed that or yeah, I wasn't really in, into it. So, you know, like, like now I try to pass myself off as like a cool new wave kid because none of you were there. You don't know. So you don't know that I was listening to like, you know, just top 40 pop. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, I was, dude, I was listening to Oingo Boingo I in junior totally high. I was totally on the yeah, forefront, yeah, I baby. was totally, I was, I was the edge. <laughs> <laughs> it, but, it's, but it's just all lies. But, uh, but music was like, a, was like a really big thing for, for us, like finding stuff that was our own. And again, this is the cool friends, but then we'd all be riding around and they'd be like, check this out and pop in a tape. And 
the next thing next thing we know we're like dragging main street in prior oklahoma and we're listening to uh, screaming blue messiah i want to be a flintstone and it's like i think we're the only six person who ever heard that song yeah. <laughs> there was there was uh this band artist i don't really know what the what the what the membership was uh I think they were Tulsa based. I don't. I don't think that they ever got out of Tulsa, but they were called Baby M, um, and they just made a tape. And my friend and one of my friends had it, and we would just listen to it all the time. And so there used to be this televangelist named Doctor Gene Scott, who like his his big thing was he was he kind of looked like me now with like the white beard and he'd wear like the wire rim glasses. And so it would just always be close ups of his face as he'd smoke like a big fat cigar. And then he would like read the Bible and then they would play some music and they would show footage of like his thoroughbred quarter horses being loaded onto a, a trailer or stuff and like his <laughs> private jet and everything. He needed was, those for ministry. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just really weird. He was just like, yeah, whatever. Dollar dollar bills, bitches. And, <laughs> But so, but, but so, uh, this band baby M like they made up a character who was like Dr. Gene squat and he would just say, it's, Oh God, it was just terrible. Um, but I think one of the things is he's just going on about, you know, the, the purity of incest or something like that. Jesus. Yeah, no, I told you, man, it was <laughs> so, but so this tape is like 90% Dr. Gene squat or whatever. Now that I say that, I think Dr. Gene Squat was actually KMOD morning show things. I don't know what they called, what what he called his version of it, but it's just this televangelist. Like just, a caricature. Yeah, of like, like, a, like a caricature just going there and staying there and building a vacation house in there. And then <laughs> there's like one song, like this sort of thrash punk uh, electronic song called Jim, and it just starts out as Jim. I just want you to know that you filled out to a real fine-looking young man, Jim, and if you would love me and marry me, Jim, I'd be the happiest boy on earth. And then he just rocks out of this song, and somewhere in there there's a line about splitting the buffet at Ken's on Sundays. I don't know. It was just... Fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's like every every year it gets a little bit harder to explain that. Because as I get a little further away from it, and it's like, yeah, I haven't heard this in like 20, 30 years. Maybe I imagine that shit. Yeah, you're like, did I maybe, fucking maybe, Mandela affect myself? <laughs> like, maybe we just made that up. But <laughs> no, then I'll, I'll like be talking to one of my friends, and it's like, hey, you remember Baby M? And it's like, oh, I need to find that tape. And I'm like, it was real. Yeah, there's definitely shit like that. You're like, is this an actual thing that happened? And yeah. it's shocking. It's almost as shocking that it's real that it was that you even thought it up. Yeah, or like it doesn't it, end up being real. You're like, well, fuck. It's crazy that this is even a thing. Yeah, it kind of reaches. It kind of reaches a point where it's like, I kind of hope I made that up. And so exactly, it's, it's actually <laughs> not reassuring that someone is like, oh yeah, no, we listen to that like all the time. You're like, oh, and it's like, do you remember what that said? <laughs> that was, we were not honoring the Lord. <laughs> the Lord. The Lord. That was because, like, we were all, like, you know, we were like the leadership core of prior First Baptist Church youth wow. group, and so the street team, huh? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Like, like we were the, like, like we were those dudes, and then we're just piling in the car and we're just listening to like just the weirdest shit. But, uh, but like, these guys somehow talked our youth minister because every year we'd go to Falls Creek, 
as you do. Yeah, as, as any good Baptist should. As 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 one does. And but so we had like these really strict rules for Falls Creek because Falls Creek was always like that week that we re- we always went to the very last week, which was like the week before prior school got back in session. And the thinking was that we go and we just immerse ourselves in the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the teachings. And we just recharge ourselves for Christ and we go back and we just save and baptize everyone like the first day back at school or whatever. I don't know. It just, all we knew is that it meant that we were going in August, August in Davis, Oklahoma, and it's just balls hot. Oh, yeah. You know, you couldn't wear shorts back then because kneecaps are the gateway to sin. Jesus. And so we're just wearing like either jeans or sweats and it's like a hundred degrees. And it's like, yeah, yeah, let me, let me go save some souls for Christ. If you'll, if you'll let me wear some comfortable clothes. Let's go down to the devil's bathtub. Yes. Oh man. That is, I only went there one time and it was like in the middle of the day and like, no, I didn't read the brochure. I didn't know that I was supposed to find like some, some, some willing young partner at like the icy stand and then sneak out of my cabin in the middle. And I'm like, that sounds exhausting. That's the move, man. The icy That's, date. I talked to my wife uh, also. Me and my wife both went to Falls Creek like separately. And she was talking about how much money they got every week. And like I went to a church where I had to get like basically like a scholarship. I had to like clean for old people so they would pay for me to go to Falls Creek because it was oh, like man. so expensive. And uh, my wife's like, yeah, we got all of us. It's like her and she has two sisters. And she's like, we got $20 each for the week. I was like, geez, I got $5 for the week. And uh, that's how much I usually was able to, like, scramble to get, like, scrunged together. And um, I remember I would be like, it was like, I was a cheapskate because I only had $5 for the whole week. And we're only there for five days. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the you know, the move is you go on icy dates or whatever. Yeah. And um, well, well, I was so Well, no, cheap. in that case, the move is you go on, like, uh, OBU Hut dates, and you just drink the free Dr. Pepper exactly. they give you there. Well, my move like, was getting an icy, like, I'd, you know, find a, a, a someone to court with. and uh, Go a courting at the icy stand. And uh, get one icy, but with two straws. Oh, very Lady in the Tramp. I like it. Very economic. It was mm. economic and romantic. Yes, that's, you know. And then uh, it was funny, though, because I did that once. And it was, I mean, I was a kid, like not a kid, but like a preteen or something. And I remember doing that and telling the spawn, like one of the sponsors from the church or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, like I only have five dollars. So if I like the girl, it's like romantic. And then, you know, I just I save money and we get the two straws. And it was funny because like. Maybe like the next day or something, I saw that guy and he'd been on icy day and he had one icy with two straws. I was like. That's my move. Trendsetter. I took my, it took a 12-year-old move. What are you doing? <laughs> Falls Creek influencers. <laughs> That's us. That's but it uh, was just so funny. Like, so many people have those stories about Falls Creek. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's like a crazy time. It's a crazy place to grow up in. It, 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 it really is. But we had, like, these really strict rules. And so, like, we weren't allowed to bring, like, our own personal, like, no boom boxes, no Walkman, oh, no, wow. no anything. The only music we had to listen to was like in the common area. So we stayed in Yukon's cabin, 
So like you would walk in and there's like the little common area and then the dining area and the kitchen. And then there's like a staircase going up each side to like the dorms or whatever. But so you just had to hang out downstairs and you had to play like the the approved pre-selected selection of tapes. So so basically, I hope you liked Garmo and Key. Or St- Stephen Curtis Chapman or something oh, like that. Oh, man, yeah. That was, I don't know. Amy he, Grant, wasn't she like a Christian artist at first? Oh, man. So or something like that. Amy Grant and Falls Creek. I I get <laughs> I get like uh, post traumatic stress because Amy Grant has this song "Sing Your Praise to the Lord" from her from her early Christian days, right? And it has like this long piano intro that sort of like starts out light, and then it just sort of builds up and builds up and builds up, and then. And then it just kicks in and just starts rocking out, and she's just like, sing your praise to... Our youth pastor would play that every morning at 6 a.m., and that was the wake-up for the the entire cabin. He just, like, there was just a speaker at the base of each staircase, just cranked up to 11, and just... On repeat. Yes, we're just just rocking out to the Lord. So one year, my friends and I... (laughs) We smuggled in a a, a, a a tape player, just a basic little like you know school cassette player, and we 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 seized that Amy Grant tape. We snuck it upstairs like one afternoon. You know, we had like a lookout on the door, and then like we started playing it. And then right as like right as the drop hits, as as the kids would say, we stopped it. We taped over that hole on the uh, on the top of the tape so that you, you you could record over it, and then we just recorded us just like "Good morning to you, Good morning," <laughs> you know, or whatever. Whatever like kid bullshit you could come up with. Per- pretty much, yeah. But just you know, just sticking it to the man in like you know the most Disney approved way possible. And then like there was like that one suck up <laughs> at the very end. Because we're, we're all owning up to it. We're like, yeah, we love you, Scott, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, this one guy who didn't want to get in trouble is like, we'll buy you a new one. Ugh. And it's like, it's... it's you dick. Yeah, just so... You're bankrolling that then, motherfucker. Yeah, because we got to go to the Babs bookstore, and we got to spend, like, $16 on a cassette tape now. I can't do that. Yeah, no, Unless that's... If my wife had been there with you, she could have loaned you a few bucks. That's my... That's my... Actually, I got... <laughs> My family was not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Like we were at best comfortably middle class, right. shading low middle class. But like Nana would load me up and send. I don't know. I don't know how much I got sent down there with. And then she would mail me some cash. Goddamn! In, in the middle of the week, Western Union, your ass. <laughs> she would no. She no. She she just put a tw- she put a couple twenties like in a card <laughs> and just drop it in the mail. It was you know the eighties were That's was, clutch. Eighties were a much more innocent time. No, what was clutch is she would also midweek so like i would so like we'd go down on like monday morning and so basically she would drop me off at the church she would go home and then she would just start baking hella cookies like chocolate chip peanut butter just dozens and dozens of them box them all up put them in the mail so you know like come wednesday mail call and after the first year, everybody knew what that fucking box was. Damn. So when it so when it was like Wednesday or Thursday, everybody's fiending. Everybody's you, coming up to you, scratching their neck. You, hey, you got any um, chocolate chips? You got you got any more of the cookies? Mm. Uh, but you know, yeah. When it's like 
uh, Brian, you got a package. And everybody, every head just swivels. Everybody's and it's like, like, yo. It's motherfucking <laughs> cookie time. Yeah, that's clutch for sure. You're right. That was the move. But we, but we suckered him into letting us listen to you too. Oh, what? Because. Well, Bono's a Christian, right? Well, yeah. Well, basically all of them except for Adam Clayton. But all three of them were, were Christians. And there was actually a point where they were going to, like, stop being secular, and they were going to be, like, a Christian band. And, oh. and you know, Adam Clayton, the hero we never knew we needed, was like, fuck, no. Were no, like, we're, nah. no, we're not He's doing like, nah. that. <laughs> and so instead, Bono was like, all right, well, I'm just going to put on some weird wraparound shades and, you know, I just think prance around. South Park, the world's biggest piece of shit. Yep. I can never see Bono the same after that episode because it kills me. <laughs> yeah. But U2 is one of those bands that, like, cool friends introduced me to U2. So, you know, I wasn't, like, super early U2, but, you know, I managed to sneak in there, like, about six months before Joshua Tree. So, you know, I had, like, ten friends who had one up on me, and then I had one up on, like, everyone else. But right on, uh, yeah. Yeah, but tying this back to the whole, you know, we played off U2 as, like, vaguely Christian. When Joshua Tree came out and when With or Without You first came right, out. yeah. So we roll into Wednesday night youth Bible study, and youth pastor just like, all right, everybody, just put, put the chairs up. Everybody just lay down on the floor. He turns off all the lights. And he plays with or without you. And before he starts playing, he's like, I just want you to, I want you to listen to the words of the song. I want you to listen to these lyrics. And I, I, I want you to think about how they relate to your personal relationship with Christ. And I'm laying there on the floor and I'm like, dude, Bono and his, bro- and his girlfriend were just on a break. I think you're reading way too much into this. <laughs> we often... Uh, we were on a break. We often uh, put... Meaning on the things that have no meaning, do don't we? Yeah, like we fully got him to buy in, buy into our bullshit, and it's like, hey, whatever lets us listen, whatever lets us have like a forty five minute break from Michael W. Smith, I'm here for it. Smitty, man, that's <laughs> yeah. I guess he was in town recently. Like what? Yeah, like some thirtieth anniversary tour or whatever. Because oh, I'm yeah. just I was scrolling through Facebook, and one of my friends from back home in Tulsa, but she's originally from here. And she like checked in at the Michael W. Smith show, and I'm wow. like, "You have got to be shitting me!" Yeah, to look at your phone. Well, what year is this? I was, I was, <laughs> I was like, "Look, I know the algorithm does some weird things, but I don't even think Facebook was around back then." <laughs> For so, real, man, it's crazy. Friends really are friends forever if the Lord's the Lord of them. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you, you had to have had no idea when you were like. Brian, we'll come on. We'll shoot the shit. We'll talk about some anime and some music. And here we are, like 15 minutes deep into like, yeah. So 80s and 90s contemporary Christian. <laughs> that's 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 really where it all began for that's me. The, I mean, if that's your experience, that's what you have to pull from. That know? was yeah. That's that that's why I lean hard in like this illusion of like yeah no totally I'd like a new wave hairdo and yeah I was flock of seagulls all the way. That one's the white. <laughs> Yeah, and then and, and then like I and then like I go home and I just close the bedroom door and I'm just like honestly <laughs> playing that striper tape until it pops. You like what you like, man. There's nothing wrong with that. That was yeah. That's 
Like I sometimes I like too much. I'm like I think my tastes are a little too varied. It's whenever anybody is like, "Hey, I'm going to tag you in like the 10 seminal albums or like what's your favorite music?" and I just freeze up. I'm like all of it. You're like, "Dude, I literally don't know." <laughs> like I like everything and maybe 3 Post Malone songs. <laughs> I was, I don't know. I took one look at guy. I took one look at that guy and I'm like, I'm not listening to a goddamn thing you say. And then they had that song in Spider-Verse and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, okay. That's a good song. I don't care what anybody says. I was like, okay. I like, I like a Post Malone song. We can add that to the list of Spider-Man's powers. He did a cover of, uh, he did a cover of Return of the Mac. That shit was pretty good. I, part of me wants to look that up and check it out. And part of me is like sacrilege. (laughs) <laughs> Return of the Mac that 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 was like my my unloved nerd revenge fantasy song like I would just like it would just come on when I was driving around and I would just imagine myself just like rolling back in and like every every girl that <laughs> that ever like rejected me and I just I'm wearing like the full the, leather duster yeah, and the, shit and hash, I'm like looking like a hesher pretty much yeah I'm just rolling <laughs> in and it's like you know there it is so, oh, I so that song gets me fucking hype every time I hear. Oh it. my god! It it will never not be a good song. If me. it if Return of the Mac does not just fucking get you ready to do anything, just anything in the world, if you're not one hundred and ten percent hype, there's something wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't fuck with you. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it just grabs you by the short and curlies. Yeah, it's just, look, <laughs> life is short. Let's just fucking own some shit. But I have a friend back home. He is a, a producer and DJ, and so he does these um, mixed cloud mixes. You know, he, like, does posts, mega mixes all the time. And so a, f- couple, a few years ago, in honor of my birthday, he did a very special mega mix uh, for me called the One Damn Smooth Mega Mix, and track one is Return of the Mac. Damn, you got lead with your best foot sometimes, my Hell guy. Yeah. And and the best part was like the guy that does his drops, he gave him like an extra twenty bucks. So the intro to it is like DJ Badger presents a special mega mix for Brian Peltz. You sir are one smooth motherfucker. Dude, that's tight. And yeah, so like Dude, literally anytime I'm feeling down, I'm like, oh, Let's man. throw the shit on. Yeah, I just cue that shit up, and I'm like, you're right, Mr. Drop Voice Man. <laughs> I am a smooth motherfucker. You're right. I am awesome. <laughs> yes. I think it's that dopamine hit, man. <laughs> it's, you're right. I am Stefan Urkel. I'm not <laughs> Steven Urkel. I did not do that. God. Well, Brian, man, I pr- sure appreciate you coming through and chatting with me about Michael W. Smith, Akira. <laughs> Liquid Television. I didn't know what we were going to talk about, man. What what happened to Two's Tunes? What happened to that podcast? Well, <laughs> they had this old dude on, and he just rambled about Michael W. Smith and <laughs> the monkeys. That's funny, man. Um, well, don't you tell people where they can follow you on social media, keep up with your projects, like um, stay up to date with like all your trivia stuff and all that good stuff? I am on the Twitters at uh, capital B Brian underscore capital P Pelts. Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Brypelts, B-R-I-P-E-L-T-S. And we have just started a Facebook group for Film Road Trivia. So if you just go on uh, the book face and you just search for fil- uh, Film Road Trivia at the Paramount Room, that, that'll pop up. So 
we're going to be so we're going to be dropping uh, our our categories each each week. So we have five rounds. Uh, four of them are traditional question and answer, and then one of them is a visual round. Um, but we always we usually have a theme. So this is a place where we can kind of drop stuff and kind of build the community because ultimately that's our goal is, you know, we just want to hang out and have a good time and have some drinks with uh, our friends who also like movies, just maybe not the same movies we like. And then they'll yell at us because yeah, right on. they've never seen those. <laughs> no, for sure, man. Well, you guys be sure to check that out. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.